eBay Motors is here for the ride. Elbow grease and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles in a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last time. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. I'm also full of food. That's what I want to be, man. But you know, I think what's nice about this holiday is that you can really sit and think about, yeah. like, you know, while you you got that big plate of food in front of you, all Ooh, the different so types, depending much. on whether or not, if you're lucky enough to have a plate of food during mm-hmm. this time period, if you're lucky enough to have a belly filled, I said, also imagine just fucking eating all of that and then just like looking over and just seeing just like a pile of like severed cocks. Well, I don't know and, why and, you would want to do that when you have a full stomach. Well, now, be, why would you want to do that? Do you why would you eat Thanksgiving dinner and then look over at your uncle and see him as a pile of cocks? Not to be <laughs> too, like, serial killer hack joke about it, but imagine being Jeffrey Dahmer. At some point, you know, during his berserker mode, there was a Thanksgiving where he maybe went out with some coworkers or he did something. He went to something. his parents' house in Ohio. Or he went to uh, Mad Planet and probably, they probably had like a Thanksgiving, like, you know, some bars, like, you know, mm, how they'll, do like, yeah, the, they'll have yeah. a Thanksgiving. There was a strip club in Lubbock called Players that used to have a hot dog buffet. Yeah, oh. that's when you get your hot dog. I was just going to say, that's when they bring out the boiled hot dogs. Eat till you puke. <laughs> but Jeffrey Dahmer at some point probably did have a full Thanksgiving dinner with a bunch of his other weird creeps and then went back to his apartment to see all of this fall, all of this human meat that he's supposed to eat, and he knows I shouldn't have, instead of going out to eat, I probably should have had leftovers. Right, because he has all of those severed penises. This is the last podcast on the left, everyone. I am Ben with Marcus and Henry. This is a best of episode. Why did Henry Marcus and I mention Jeffrey Dahmer? Because today's episode, in honor of Thanksgiving, the day that we are thankful and we get to be fed and fed and fed and fed and fed. We are going to be talking about cannibalism. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. all of the great times we have discussed cannibalism on this show, from the Donner Party to Jeffrey Dahmer and everyone in between. Yum, yum, mm-hmm. yum. It's all about being hungry. Hungry Ooh. enough to eat your fellow man. Or or simply just curious. Just taste yeah. it. Yeah. Just marry. Yeah. I know for this Thanksgiving, me and Carolina, we're having a solo one at the house. We're not having Thanksgiving. We're having Wineskiving. Come on. <laughs> Stop oh, it. my God. I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> Tell me about that. I always uh, like, you know wow. what you should do, Marcus? You and Carolina should get those matching big glasses that fit one whole bottle of wine in them. Like, it's just one glass. <laughs> one glass. <laughs> That's what I do with my 25 ounces of Bud Light. It's just one beer. Oh, oh. Um, no, Marcus, in all seriousness, you and Carolina need to eat 
Eat. Yeah, we're gonna. Oh, eat. we're gonna eat. We're okay. gonna, yeah, we got. We got. Tur- we're gonna cook. We're gonna have a cooking day. Just your husband and weight of 113 pounds. <laughs> Please, God, eat food. We got husband and wife cooking day with the wines giving. <laughs> Come okay. on, we're like literally doing as small as possible. But you know, I'm excited to do this year. I want to do stuffed shells. I want to do full Italian with it. I'm gonna mm. have like stuffed shells on the side. Nothing says Thanksgiving like stuffed shells. All right, everyone, <laughs> enjoy this episode of cannibalism. No. no. Just chop, top cut. from your grave. So people throughout history have just been enjoying consuming other people's body parts. Yeah, and now it's just the most reviled thing that you can do. Was it always considered reviled? I mean, obviously it was a point yeah. of victory. And then, uh, but what about civilizations that were starving? I mean, they have to eat other people for good they, reasons. Obviously, and there were places they were like, uh, there was one tradition that if there were a mighty warrior had died. Uh, you ate his body out of pity and consideration for him. So there was a lot of like people would eat if their chief died, they would eat him. Mm. Or if like a, a big thing is like if your children's die of like if your children die of like natural causes like way way early, like they would eat the children out and of that, respect. That sounds very good. I imagine children meat falls right off the bone. Uh, apparently, to, right? I, yeah. I got really into researching what the human meat tasted like because a lot of guys won't. Um, you know, the, uh, most of our reports of what human meat tastes like comes from, like, Dahmer and, like, these right. people. But, like, oh, you can't – got to take their stuff with a grain of salt. Yeah, Dahmer was from Wisconsin. He put ketchup on everything. Oh, yeah. It just <laughs> tastes you know, like cheese curds. Yeah, he put, he put <laughs> butter all over the bun before eating it. And the men's palate was just ruined by years at that chocolate factory. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you can't get any of the finer hints. But a, a sociologist um, in a, wrote this book called Jungle Laws where it's like he traveled with this African tribe and he watched a, a, a cannibalism – Ritual, mm-hmm. and then proceeded to order a uh, a very recently dead cadaver. This is in Paris, okay, and roasted it on a spit and ate it. And he said that uh, you could compare it to really, really good veal. Oh, see, good I'd always, veal. I'd always heard pork. Pork is just like the the the, the reason why he compares it to veal is because it's the way it's cooked. When mm-hmm. human meat is cooked. It turns a gray color like lamb or veal does, oh. and then it has that sort of a little bit of a gamier, mealier taste, yeah. but smells like fucking delicious cooked rump roast steak. Yeah. It sounds like it would be great with a curry. Yeah. That Ooh, would yeah. human curry mm, sounds yeah. really powerful. Yeah. So this guy was in France. He got a cadaver. This was in like the year 1909. Hey, where Barry, like, what you cooking there? Hey, come on over for the barbecue. Come over. It's fucking human dick. You know what? <laughs> That's great. You, you know, know what, what, buddy? I'm going to watch the Saints game at my place. It's you know bizarre. what, man? You guys just, I mean, you, in just in that little exchange, you reference like three cannibal stories that I have pulled up. We're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, this we're tying this all together. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, people at home who listen to this podcast, you think that this is all just random. Mm-mm. We sit, we plan, we <laughs> weave together a story mm-hmm. for you so that you can be properly entertained. That's right. So do we want to get into more of this wonderful sociologist work? Yeah, I bet you did, did I eat a baby? Thank yeah, you, so Louie. Apparently, um, and also that uh, baby meat on a human baby is uh-huh. so tender it would be you could compare it to the same texture as fish. That if you ate a baby's succulent ass, just <laughs> 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 a very small part of the baby. The butt. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But that's where you want to do. Where you chew on his arms. Yeah, I mean that's what I would do. I you would suck definitely. its brain out of its skull. Yeah. <laughs> you can do that you too. You can do that with a straw. It's yeah. like a soft boiled egg where you just saw, 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 saw the top and then you just like Crack quick mix open. up the brains. Could a cup put a, some raw garlic in there and just right, right. <laughs> 
Yeah, hit him on the brain. head with a spoon a couple of times. <laughs> it sounds very, very tasty. So what was I the, like this one. What, <laughs> I do love this one, too. Dahmer started giving him all kinds of weird details. He said that uh, what he used to cook them with, he used uh, vegetables, mushrooms, onions. Uh, and they said that during the month before they caught him, that was the only meat that he ate. Yeah, and he said a lot of things. It's it's just so. And then I still love Patrick Kennedy just being mystified. Yeah, with it. it's just like he had a lot of lovers. There's lovers walking around that I see sometime in Milwaukee that I know got fucked by Jeffrey Dahmer, <laughs> but he didn't kill them because he only killed the ones that he thought were really truly the most beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's what he said. He said he only ate the ones that were truly beautiful to him. Yeah, uh, and he only killed and kept parts of the ones that he thought were, as in his eyes, the perfect specimen of a man. Yes, because like the other thing we talk about too is on the yeah. search for the ultimate orgasm. Yeah. You know, and, and it's like all this other shit. Yeah. Speaking of which, he uh, he ejaculated into torn open rib cages. He draped yeah. himself with the bloody entrails. Uh, it took- he really got creative. Yeah, yeah he, he was re- having a good time. <laughs> yeah. And you, I've never had so good. At, I guess the only thing I could really put it is eating Chinese food alone. That's a good. <laughs> That's time. like me. Where it's Love like you're that. covered in sauce, you know, no shirt on. It's pretty good. You know, great. like I mean, it's just me watching Aqua Teen, just smoking a blunt, eating Chinese food. That's the only thing I can say is equivalent to Jeffrey Dahmer <laughs> yeah. with these bodies. Dahmer's living this whole other like 80s sci-fi movie just covered in human entrails with you his arms raised in a V, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, because, yeah, we're, and also working at the Chocolate Factory, yes, yeah, some of these guys got improv troops and they got stuff going <laughs> on the side like a band, you know? And they asked Jeff, Jeffrey what he does and he's just like, oh, I occupy myself. <laughs> yeah. I stay busy. I, you, I promise you that. Yeah, crafts. <laughs> I yeah. like crafts. Crafts, I mean costumes. Uh, just smearing <laughs> blood all over his face. In sort of a Native American pattern, just speaking to himself in the bathroom mirror. All this uh, old shit. What a time. Too. He started, this is again Patrick Kennedy. He started saving the heads. A lot of times he said he'd pull out the heads, you know, because there were, what he was trying to do is try, if there was a while where he was trying to prevent himself from killing. Yeah. So he'd use his trophies. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, we found seven heads in the refrigerator. He'd pull them out, talk to them, stick his dick in their mouth. We found a couple of penises he'd just suck on, you know? He said he'd do this to try to satisfy himself so he wouldn't have to keep going out and killing people. Right. I asked him, I was like, Jeff, why didn't you just go get a boyfriend? Why the fuck do you have to kill everybody? And then you look at Jeffrey Dahmer into his blue eyes, you didn't see the fucking devil. You know what I'm saying? You saw, at least I saw, a pathetic human being who was so hedonistically selfish that all they could think about was the pursuit of his own sexual pleasures. And this is why Nutrisystem doesn't work. You know, you can't have... <laughs> a drink to substitute a meal. That's yeah. right. You can't have a shake for a steak. Doesn't no. work. Can't have a fake penis or a severed human penis for a human so penis once attached. Once we can get some severed human penises and pill forms, we'll be able to cure sure. these serial killers. So the trial comes up. This trial, they said that his court appearances, they had the air of a movie premiere. They was, yeah. It was huge. said it had the biggest security measures ever seen in a U.S. courtroom. They swept it for bombs daily uh, with sniffer dogs. There was an eight-foot wall of bulletproof glass protecting Now we went Dahmer out there. Now we, we deputized the state's biggest pigs, and we <laughs> Put the, we, and we put them all on the outside there. But the problem is that guys kept killing the pigs in order to make sausages out Barbecue, of them. yeah, barbecue <laughs> detective they were calling them. Well, I know anyone out there who was, I guess, at 
any age in which you actually paid attention to shit in 1992, you saw this everywhere. everywhere. Every yeah. day you saw Derek. I, I was talking to you know one of my assistants here. He was born in like 89, uh, and he had no idea what Jeffrey Dahmer looked like, oh, and that also, fucking mystified me. I couldn't believe that someone could know what Dahmer so, looked like. It's so huge, too. You know what I mean? Like, the Tonight Show was making fun of him. SNL oh, was yeah. making fun of him. And like, all this stuff was happening. He became, he became well, as we know, that's why he's, I mean, it's important to the serial killer fucking oeuvre is that he is he's the one yeah yeah he's he's the number one killer everyone's heard of jeffrey dahmer yeah at one point or another he did a lot of stuff to earn the reputation (laughs) oh he's the jack of all trades i mean you look at someone like michael jordan or uh you know uh lebron james you got to rebound you got to pass you got to shoot and you got to win the big game you know and he did everything but yeah you gotta win in the postseason he made human zombies he (laughs) raped he killed he ate he did everything. He did everything. Every single thing. Yeah. And he, of course, he pleaded. He didn't have sex with a woman. Yeah. Which he never is, had sex with uh, a woman. He did not. Yeah. If he wants to, you know, go through some trials, he should try getting married. Yeah. That would be yeah. See if he can survive getting married. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. easy to kill your boyfriend, but try being married for 10 years. That's <laughs> from your grave. Uh, to be honest, I don't know many killers. Like, tell me if I'm wrong, that, that really switched back and forth between, like, men and women. Most of them do one or the other. Well, Ramirez was Ramirez was just a slash-and-go kind of guy. Yeah. Well, you know, he would kill the husband in order to get to the woman. Like, that was, right. his, that was his his objective was the woman. The same thing yeah. with, like, you know, and John Wayne Gacy was all about little boys because it was hiding his sexuality. I think that's what makes Chikatilo specifically so fucked up and dangerous is the fact that he was just about the violence. Yeah. yeah. It's got nothing to do with him it's got nothing to do with the sex at all no and speaking of the violence let's get into what he actually did to the victims he ripped open their stomachs he uh, sliced off their sexual organs in most cases he would slice off penises uh, testicles right. uh, and nipples and then he would chew on them he would never eat them he'd never swallow and he actually but then made he opened- a big deal when his confession when he was saying he was like I do not eat I'm not a cannibal I just like to chew on mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, he said uh, his main obsession <laughs> was the gun. uterus. Yeah, yeah. Main obsession was the uterus, and uh, he said, I did not want to bite them so much as chew them. They were beautiful and elastic. They got to get Wrigley's over there. <laughs> you got to get some good spearmint I mean, gum. Save some lives. It's a problem with the gum shortage, because it, also it's him following around like some little girl. He's just like, I, I happen to like the ones that taste like Watermelon. <laughs> oh yeah, he's looking for that apple apple strawberry combination. It's difficult to find te- in a human being. Yeah, because there's not as much of a Wrigley's as they're they're more of a gusher. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, that good clean feeling that you get from orbits or eating someone's liver. <laughs> Another thing that we that he would do to all of his or almost all of his victims is that he would cut out their eyes. Mm. He would at the very least stab the eyes, either around the eyes or specifically in the eyes, or cut them out completely. Because it was said, there was a superstition, that uh, a dead person's last images were burned on their retinas. And he believed that his image was burned on their retinas. And who knows if that was, you know, some crazy thing that he thought maybe he'd get caught through some Soviet super magic. Or or if uh, he just was superstitious about it. I think Uh, he's real dumb. Also, how often... Brutal murder happens in Russia. <laughs> they like right. they had to make this rule to stop it of just being like you know it's like you got to stop murdering because the eye it takes pictures of your face so yeah. just you know make sure to not do that huh? I feel like you put guys the- we need to cut it down because we we could literally cannot keep together a children's choir they keep getting murdered so hard right <laughs> that's what's so sad.
<laughs> well, it was actually the eyes that that was able. Uh, that's what uh, made investigators notice that this guy wasn't just murdering in Rostov, that he was murdering all around the, uh, I guess it would be the Western Soviet Union. Yeah. Uh, the eyes is what links it all together. Did he take the eyes out before he murdered him, or was it a post-mortem thing? Well, that's the big thing about Chikatilo, is that as he, start, as he killed more and more, his killing procedures became more and more surgical. And in fact, he got so good at killing that he was able to stab, that he knew if he stabbed someone at a certain place hmm. and at a certain angle, he knew where the blood would spurt, and he knew how to dodge it. So he wouldn't get as bloody during his kills. Like Neo from The Matrix? Yes. He's just bending yes. over backwards? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and he knew how to keep them alive for as long as possible, to prolong the uh, suffering for as long as possible. So he did, so oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like kind of like the guidance counselor tells you, just being like, if mm -hmm. you had a million dollars, what would you want to do with your life? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Mm. And Chikatilo just did that. He just did it. He took the bull by the horns and mm. he carpe diemed his way into killing all these little girls. <laughs> you don't need to go to the university to become a doctor. No, you don't. <laughs> and I want to thank you, Henry, for, for putting that bare naked lady song in my head. If I had a million dollars, but now it's about Chikatilo <laughs> stabbing somebody's eyes out. <laughs> if I had a million dollars, I'd take a child into the woods and murder them. Uh, okay. You can do that for free, you know. Oh, all right. <laughs> seriously? Oh, you mean, wait, seriously? Yeah, dude, you can just go do that whatever you want. Like, man. today? Yeah, dude, whatever. You don't even need it. You don't hey, man, need uh, So I hate to cut lunch short, but uh, I'm going to go follow my dreams. <laughs> I think we made him a murderer today. So as far as identifying the bodies goes, because this, the manhunt, oh, we're going to get into the manhunt that lasted 12 years, extremely inept, very, very, the Russians were very, very bad at what they did. Yeah, they just wrangled up any slowpoke in the town. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to, we'll it. Get to the the fury. The other yeah. problem is it was the big nets that they would just kind of just drag along the streets hoping to catch a man in a <laughs> But the job was definitely made more difficult, uh, especially in the early days, because in the early days, most of Chikatilo's victims were tramps, prostitutes, people that had not, they didn't have a propiska. Right. A propiska, that's a formal registration of residence. So mm -hmm. if someone didn't have that, if they were homeless uh, or just kind of slept around, they were you know, pretty much a stray dog. No one cared about them right. at all. So when they found these bodies, you know, of course, when you investigate a murder, the first thing you do is identify the body and look around at what they did before they were murdered. But with Andre Chikatilo, many times this was impossible. Because there was just no more evidence of what the person looked like. Yeah, well, there was no more evidence of what they looked like, and right. there was no identification on the people whatsoever. Uh, so he didn't just, write their names on their backs? Did not. tabs? <laughs> <laughs> he, uh. he did not. And, of course, like he spent all of his time in railway stations, and he, much like Gary Ridgway, he started to see himself as an exterminator of At humankind. At some point, if you work in a railway station and you just see the same person there every single day, ask him where he's going. Yeah. And Dude, where are you going, buddy? It yeah. just seems like uh, you should be getting a ticket or something. You've been here. You've been in the same spot for a month and a half. It's a no, train station. I'm you gotta looking go. at the human rats because I want to turn them into dog food. That's fine. All or right. Whatever you want to do, buddy, but just get on the train. You know? <laughs> do it on the train. <laughs> yeah, and people did notice him throughout the years. Right, of course Pe they did. Yeah, because but again, the problem is it's again nobody cares about these prostitutes, and 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 that's where right. this this amalgamation of sexual tension, inadequacy, a sense of superiority is what made him the fucking perfect killer. Because he mm -hmm. just because all you have to do is 
it's I, I, it's so fucked up, but it's like lower your standards and like get to a point of just being like, I'm gonna kill this this strata of human being that no one looks for, and eventually you become like because it probably started as just because they were the easiest ones. They would mm -hmm. come with him. They would go out into the forest with him, but then he began to spot despise them for that. Yeah, I don't even think that it's lower, like I don't think it's lowering your standards. I think he's raising his ego and he's like, I'm god of these people. And again, everyone likes to feel as if they're doing good. Yeah. So yeah. He, I mean, everybody does. Even the the most sick people, he thinks that he is eradicating a plague. Yeah, he said they followed me like dogs. The guys who invented Twinkies were just trying to make a funner bread. And how many people <laughs> have they killed? <laughs> Thousands. Well, by December of 82, he completely... This is uh, another thing that makes Chikatilo uh, mm. special, or maybe just makes the Soviet Union fucked up. Uh, in December of 82, he started killing people of higher... So he started killing children. He killed this girl, Olga uh, Stolmachinok. Uh, he uh, picked her up at a bus stop, took her to the words, the woods and murdered her. They didn't find her body for four months and then only by chance. But in the interval, the police received a message. It was addressed to parents of missing child. It read, Greetings, parents. Don't get upset. <laughs> she is not the first and not the last. Before New Year, we need another ten. If you want to find her, then search among the leaves. On the Vodorovsky, Pataskovsky. And it was, it was signed, signed. Sadist. The Black Cat. The Black Cat. <laughs> that's as, that's as badass as you can get, the Black Cat. Sounds like you're about. <laughs> Never trust the Black Cat. Oh, I cross your path. Oh, I, oh, I swipe at your pant leg with my claws. I would and I kill the girl and I chew on the uterus. Oh, black cat having fun. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, I, I like everything except for black cat. Maybe we can call you the ravenous beaver. How does that sound? Black cat. The corn on the cob killer. Oh, that's a great one. <laughs> Him just biting all around the sides of their torsos. <laughs> Unfortunately, the letter was a hoax. But, you know, I couldn't pass that up. No. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but, just, but it was it is a part of the story because that letter is. was a part of the investigation for many, many years. And it's of also, it also uh, it's sort of similar to the Zodiac, uh, you know, these people who are, like, faking it. Yeah. He's a real celeb now. Yeah, He's in he the didn't, papers. Like, he didn't even know about the letter until right. they arrested him because it was almost like the Zodiac. Like, it was this weird piece of the puzzle that no one could really figure out. Because, and they're, and because they're like, crimes were happening everywhere. Yeah. It yeah. was all over. It, it was all all over uh, Russia, like all that whole the whole Rostov area, they had a wide area of, of who could be doing it because there was a bunch of different clues, especially because it seemed like he was becoming a surgeon. So they started thinking he was a doctor and then they started thinking maybe he was a cop because he knew how the cops right. were operating. And so it could have been everything. Anyway, Anybody. that's how bad. Again, that's how bad Russia was. They legitimately thought it could be a doctor. <laughs> Well, they thought, I mean, how, well, how good was a slaughterhouse worker? Right, but still, doctor could be. It's not the Black Dahlia murders, for Christ's sake. They, I'm sure these murders weren't that unbelievably artistic and the, or scalpel. -like. And the poor sadist black cat was just like a name na guy named Javar wearing like a yes. cat like costume hat, like in an old shack. <laughs> like no one would believe that I am a cat. <laughs> how I wish that I could just jump from tree branch to tree branch. Black Cat is terrifying, actually. Now that I think about it, it is very scary. Yeah, just a big drunk Russian man hanging out in the sun, just slowly blinking at people. 
Uh, yeah. Okay, walk faster, walk faster. I think we still have a black cat. Maybe that's where the myth comes from. If a black cat crosses your path, you have bad luck. Just a fat yeah. Russian man. Of, yeah. no, because the is. black cat man of the village may accidentally pee all over your shoes. Mm. No, he's just marking. He's just marking his territories. It's fine. Last podcast on the left is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Thanks, Squarespace. With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website all on your own terms. Don't let anybody tell you what's new. This ain't your mama's website platform. It is, actually. It's actually be very easy for your mother to learn. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine. It's a next-generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. I thought it was just the name of what my blood pressure medication turned me into. I'm, I'm peeing. Now, my goals for the year are I have two warehouses filled with horse picks. Now, I know a lot of people, uh, obviously this bit has been done, but the Zendaya centaur picks are not going anywhere. And I've been trying to get the Judge Reinhold sitting on the Clydesdale line out. Uh, I need these moved, okay? Because I have to move into the storage unit. Let's just say there are problems at home. So I need Squarespace to shoot this through the roof for me this year. And that's why I'm going to go full tilt and not only are you going to get the judge reinhold sitting on the clydesdale entire series clothes and non-clothes what we also are going to offer and i mean this we're trying to get into giraffe rides i brought this up the other day we got to start riding other animals but horses take pictures of the horses photoshop the horses into other celebrities but stop riding them save a horse ride a giraffe with Squarespace. Go ahead to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says right here, what would you do of another extra hour of your day? I mean, well, obviously I'd get some nunchuck training in. Oh, I'd make love to my wife. That takes about nine. That's a full nine minutes of that hour. And then I would probably uh, go to get a donut. And then I'd probably yell at my parents. But a lot of us wish we had more time. The question is time for what? I don't know. What works for you? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. And therapy can help you find out what matters to you so you can do more of it. You know that question? They're like, if you had a billion dollars, what would you do? You know, and like, you know, when I answer, it's of course, I would grind the government to a standstill with my giant machine of my making in secret for many years. But a lot of people get mad at that. And it's really hard to do that in a job interview or like when you're meeting somebody's like your significant other's parents for the first time. So, and we might actually want to think of starting therapy. So give BetterHelp a try. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-A-S-T-P-O-D. Hey, did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home. 
on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast-growing trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. The experts at Fast Growing Trees curate thousands of plants for all climates, locations, and needs. Available 24-7, you can talk to a plant expert about your soil type, landscape design, and how best to take care of your plants. I love Fast Growing Trees because I just moved here to Los Angeles. I've got a yard now, and I'm doing all the landscaping myself. I love working in my garden. I love planting stuff. I love growing stuff. And the cool thing about fast growing trees that I really like is that they tell you exactly what type of growing zone you're in. I'm in growing zone 10 and they can tell you exactly what type of trees or plants or whatever you can put out in front of your house. Uh, I'm looking at the Norfolk Island pine tree. I'm looking at putting a little bit of red sister cordyline up in front of my fence. I think that'll the red will really pop nice. And maybe for the backyard, I got an extra planter that I might put a Satsuma plum tree in. And these prices are reasonable. They're reasonable if you ever been to a nursery. But right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Another plant that he did uh, to try to ferret out the real killer was to put a fake notice in the New York Daily Mirror gossip column that brought fish out of hiding. Famed gossip columnist Walter Winchell wrote on his column on Broadway, I checked on the Grace Bud mystery. She was eight when she was kidnapped about six years ago, and it is safe to tell you that the Department of Missing Persons will break the case, or they expect to, in four weeks. One could also argue, why am I writing about this? I'm on Broadway and shouldn't be discussing ongoing criminal investigations. Tell me more about cats, you ask? It's the summer special. It's a musical about talking. Cats. Anyway, back to Grace Bud, the brutal murder. I heard they cut off her vagina. Hmm. Back to cats. <laughs> Ten days after that notice was written in the Daily Mirror, Albert Fish wrote the infamous Grace Bud letter. Now, anyone with even a passing fascination with serial killers has read this at some point. Nevertheless, here it is once again in part. On Sunday, June the 3rd, 1928, I called on you at 406 West 15th Street. Brought you pot cheese, strawberries. We had lunch. Grace sat in my lap and kissed me. I made up my mind to eat her. On the pretense of taking her to a party, you said yes, she could go. I took her to an empty house in Westchester I had already picked out. When we got there, I told her to remain outside. She picked wildflowers. I went upstairs and stripped all my clothes off. I knew if I did not, I would get her blood on them. When I was all ready, I went to the window and called her. Then I hid in a closet until she was in the room. When she saw me all naked, she began to cry and tried to run down the stairs. I grabbed her, and she said she would tell her mama. First, I stripped her naked. How she did kick, bite, and scratch. 
I choked her to death, then cut her in small pieces so I could take my meat to my rooms. Cook and eat. How sweet and tender her little ass was roasted in the oven. It took me nine days to eat her entire body. I did not fuck her, though. I could have if I had I wished it. She died a virgin. Now, thankfully, Mrs. Bud was illiterate. Mm. God. Uh, the the only Christ. time that ever saved a life. That <laughs> yeah, is nice. Thank yeah. Christ. Yeah, she was illiterate. Unfortunately, Edward Bud was not her older brother. The boy, the one who had originally... Had to read everything. The boy who originally had put in mm. the ad uh, that brought Albert Fish to their home was the one who received and read the letter. Yeah, because you've mm. just been trolled for years by people writing shitty letters to them. Yeah, I mean, it's been mm. years and years. But when Edward Budd read this letter, he called up Detective King and said, I think this is something, I think this is real. King read the letter and he was like, holy shit, yeah, th- I think this is actually something true. He thought, okay, finally, yeah. a clue, something to go on. I mean, an incredible police work. This is amazing police you, work. You, you, the thing that would lead the police to fish, it wasn't the letter, but it was the envelope that the letter was in. Yeah, it was stamped mm. on the back, was an emblem with the initials NYPCBA, a.k.a. the New York Private Chauffeurs Benevolent Association. Hmm. Very similar. Again, going back to BTK, what happened with him and how they were identified. They identified him through the fingerprint of his uh, floppy disk. Yeah. Very dumb. (laughs) Very dumb (laughs) way to get caught. Yes. Yeah. So the envelope was eventually traced to a boarding house at 200 East 52nd Street. Detective King gave a description of Frank Howard to the landlady who said it perfectly matched a boarder named Albert Fish Mm. who had moved out only days before. Who was the boarder that testified in the trial that said he left the little mess behind him. Yes. Yes. So he led because she had so she had reason to remember him. Yeah. And as another little side note, it is worth noting that the address where Fish wrote the Grace Bud letter describing cannibalism is now no shit. The site of an edible arrangements franchise. Well, that's not good for them. They should have thought that. They should have rethought about building a little business there. Technically, uh, uh, Albert Fish's visit to the Bud House was sort of a edible arrangement. It kind of was. We'll let it slide. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> Feel good. <laughs> well, anyway, even though Fish no longer lived at that address, he was still due to pick up a check sent from his son. And when Fish returned to pick up the check, the landlady called Detective King, who told her to stall Fish until he got there. Hmm. Just wonder how she stalled him. <laughs> well, that's what I was kind of thinking too. Like, what do you uh, like? What do you do yeah. to to keep it, a man's attention like that? She's yeah. like, uh, you want to spank yourself with this newspaper? Yeah, I, I got some cheese. You want to put your butt in it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I got, Detective, I got him laughing. Get over here quickly. Fly from your grave. On April 4th, one of the investigators, a man named Slay, walked by the workshop and noticed a stench coming from one of the big chest freezers. Hmm. After digging through a layer of frost... They found two five-gallon plastic buckets. Slay shined his flashlight inside the first bucket and found a human head cut in half vertically through the face. Do you think they cut the head in half because it's easier to put in the bucket or is it because what you do with pigs? Because they cut the head in half to get to the face meat if you're going to make like like head cheese, if you're going to make all that and the brains are used for a lot of stuff. It was because it was like a pig. Uh, it was exactly he he 
he butchered these women the exact same way that he butchered pigs, right down to the cutting of the head, down the vertebrae, down the middle of the body. Like he was just right. He was doing yep. it how he knew it. He was doing sure. it how he knew to do it. All right. But that wasn't the only thing in there. Inside one half of the head, in the cranial cavity, they found two severed hands. Mm. And stacked underneath was the other half of the head. But inside this half was two feet. Jeez. The second bucket held the same exact configuration. My goodness gracious. Now, forensics found more body parts near the old piggery in the cistern. Uh-oh. A sewage company pumped the damn thing for four days before it was empty because Willie had never emptied it. <laughs> oh. oh, he's like oh, uh, Cousin God. Ed from uh, from Christmas <laughs> oh, Vacation. Yeah. Oh, the shitter's <laughs> full. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then after investigators pumped out all of this pig sewage, they had to sift through all of it How by my- hand. Oh. So we're talking like 30 years of pig crap? Many years of pig shit. <laughs> oh, it just sounds like losing an engagement ring in Shanghai, oh. <laughs> like in one of the public toilets. Yeah, good luck. But it was worth it. You know, they found a human jawbone in there. For one guy, it was. Some guy probably loved it. The creature of Mud Creek, perhaps, <laughs> uh, loved it there. Now, it can't be understated how huge of an operation this really was. There were over 100 <laughs> people working there day and night for years, oh. sifting through Willie's farm piece by piece by piece. I do oh. just imagine someone like waking up really early for sewage day and be like, there's something wrong with you, Todd. But <laughs> in this case, that's a skill. <laughs> now get on in there. I've been waiting to swim in human sewage for my whole life. There's nothing that interests me more than being covered absolutely up to my fucking eyelashes <laughs> and pure human waste. Well, Todd, you get in there. I'm out to lunch. I gotta go. I mean, you get in there. Now, these people, they had to, I mean, they had to search through every rock. You know, oh, they had wow. to they had to search through all these troughs right. and they had these huge conveyor belts that they would have to go through and search piece by piece. They would sift through oh. all this dirt and go piece oh. by piece by piece. It's like a disgusting scene from I Love Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they searched oh. through about 40 bone pits. Oh, God. Bone they, pits? Bone pits, yeah, because you had to put the dead stock somewhere. Sure, yeah. Yeah, you have to. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And they had I to separate so. every bone fragment to see what was human and what wasn't. And oh, they my. found a healthy mix of both in every bone pit. But there is a mystery when it comes to the bodies, a mystery that endures to this day. No one knows what he did with the leg and arm bones. Mm. It's unlikely that he disposed of them at the rendering plant, as those are pretty recognizable as human. <clears throat> but not even a piece of one was found on the farm. But no one knows what he did with the leg and arm bones, but then there was evidence that was almost just out in the open. One pail in the slaughterhouse was stuffed with human remains, and nearby was the head of Mona Wilson, sawed in the half like all the others. But the most disturbing discovery of all was still to come. On July 15th, 2002, two officers were searching a further two freezers when they found three plastic bags full of ground meat. Oh, oh shit. No. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. The bags were put into storage for four months until someone finally tested them, and they found that the ground meat mm-hmm. was pork and people. Oh, my. So this was like, honestly, this was fed to human beings. 
This was like they were making sausage out of this stuff. This ground meat matched two women. One who had disappeared in early 2001 oh, and God. one who had gone missing four years before in 1998. Oh. That means See, that's that, not healthy. That that's means not, not healthy. healthy. No, that it is possible, if not probable, that for at least the previous four years, Willie had been grinding up at least some of his victims and mixing the meat in with hogs he butchered. He definitely was. And investigators yes. found that Willie had given meat to over 40 Friends, relatives, and associates in this period of time. Willie had also Ugh. helped out another friend grind, package, and sell about 300 pounds of meat every month to small butcher shops around Vancouver. All right. And yet, even though investigators knew all of this, they did not issue a public health warning about possible human meat being on the market for another two years. Of well, you want to keep it. it under wraps here because uh, because what are you yeah. going to say? What are you so going to do? I, people of Coquitlam and Port Coquitlam. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> now that lovely sausage you've been enjoying. Uh, <laughs> It's just sausage. We're not going to ruin this sausage. for them. We can't. It's I was just gonna sausage. Say it. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. And you could just see him be like, and now, and just, I want to say in unity with the people of Port Coquitlam, I will now eat this human foot. Now, I know, I know that this is, I don't know where we got this foot. I'm not asking questions, right? Right, Maybe. Sergeant Lansky? Mm. No questions asked. I am going to eat this foot so I also know what it's like and... Honestly, it's quite good. I do. Oh, God. I will say, this honestly, is unbelievable. I think that the, the reason why he did it and grounded up, like, yes, obviously he had some sort of sick shit inside of him. Of course, he's a fucking monster. I bet you he was doing it, doing it to pad his fucking counts. <laughs> that he had so much extra meat that he knew that we're saving money on pigs by putting the human meat in with the pork meat, and because they're so similar, that this was about money and convenience, and not just about being a depraved maniac. All right. What about the re what about the rendering plant though? Did they shut that thing down? No, of course not. Well, why no, didn't I, I don't not. understand how any of this. This is two thousand and one, two thousand two, two thousand two. Yeah. This is like modern time. Yeah. <laughs> what is happening? You can't shut down the rendering plant. Shut it. Yeah, down. What are you human? Plant? Where are you going to get your Mike and Ikes? If yeah, dude, Mike and Ike's. Also, also think about the the, the the contouring craze that's happening on Instagram right now. Mm -hmm. That is fueled by the human meat gelatin that is being used by makeup okay, companies okay, right okay. now. No matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. Yeah, very key. You gotta communicate clearly. All these emails, reports, and presentations are equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. Grammarly can help. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. It's like you're Captain Kirk and Grammarly is Data. And you're kissing a lady on another planet. And Data is just trying to make sure you write better. Better writing means a stronger impact. And Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites. And by understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. It did begin to understand when I was yelling and when I was doing bits. 
versus me because I do use Grammarly and it's nice. But I will also say Grammarly does will do the thing where it's like, um, I think maybe you missed a little comma here, blah, blah, blah. When it's like, yeah, I know. Thank you, Grammarly. Like, thank, I get it. Yes. But still, like, maybe we could just think about what I'm going through today, right? But Grammarly really does help because that's what we all need. A stern teacher with glasses and uh, little buckled shoes. That's Grammarly to me. That's what I see. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Getting engaged is special for so many reasons. Planning the perfect proposal. Oh, I want to do it at the Hindenburg. I want to do it at the Hindenburg Memorial. Celebrating your love and looking forward to the rest of your lives. And if you're lucky, it's short. The only part that's not so special, shopping for an engagement ring, if you don't know what you're doing. That's where BlueNile.com comes in. Especially if you don't feel like talking to your mother. BlueNile.com is the original online jeweler. Since 1999, they've helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring with little or no feedback from their mother. With Blue Nile, you can create a brilliant piece at a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Why use anything traditional? Blue Nile also offers a diamond price guarantee, which means that they can usually meet or beat a competitor's price on a comparable diamond. And I sent you to Steven, my guy, but you still refuse and you decide to go with your Blue Nile little thing because, oh, it's got 100% satisfaction guarantee with guaranteed free shipping and returns. And sometimes Steven doesn't answer your calls and sometimes Steven loses the rings. But that's where you don't understand because Steven was there for me when your father wasn't. And honestly, so now is Blue Nile because every time I call, they pick up with the 24-7 customer support and they hear all about my hands hurting. And how I've got, they have to reverse my feet at the doctor. They, they said, and they, but eventually they said it's temporary. They're going to put it back forward. But oh, thank you, Blue Nile, for not picking up, even though I texted my son. Right now, you can get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more with code LASTPODCAST at BlueNile.com. That's $50 off with code LASTPODCAST at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. And if that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Now, I love Babbel, and I love what they're doing for the people of America. But I went on there to find out if I could learn Fremen in order for me to go and harness the desert power that it would take to finally get the raids of the sand planet Arrakis. Uh, but they said they only offer real languages and uh, stuff that can really help people travel. I think that's mostly what Babbel's looking to do. They didn't really, like, I called customer service and I asked me, like, well, how can I possibly harness the power of a million Fremen? And they said, please, sir, stop calling. And I said, but I, I'm doing an ad for you currently while we're on the phone. And Babbel, you know what? 
God love them. They helped me learn German. And in the end, they, they were right. Because German's a lot more useful. Here's a special limited time deal for listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. After they had dinner, went to the beer garden, Peter Curtin led Maria Hahn out to a deserted meadow and began the longest, cruelest, most drawn-out murder of his career. Mm. He strangled her until she passed out. Then, when she woke up, he did it again. BTK. Jesus. When she came to once more, Curtin stabbed her in the throat with his scissors, and when the blood gushed forth, he pressed his mouth to the wound and drank her blood until he vomited. Oh, so this is, uh, again, with the scissors. I guess he really, even though it was a fail the first time he used the scissors. Scissors become a favorite of his. Oh, yes, my be- God. Because, and I think it's no mistake, I think he's doing it on purpose, is that he did, these, he did a pointed, specific puncture. Mm-hmm. Like he right. would do it in order to get a spurt of blood. And even then, Maria was still alive. As she begged for her life, Curtin stabbed her in the chest, then repeatedly stabbed her in the head Mm. until she mercifully slipped away. Mm. Curtin said the whole process had taken an hour. Jeez. So after Maria was dead, Curtin rolled her body into a ditch and threw some branches over for cover. When he got home that night, his wife was already asleep, but the next morning, she immediately noticed quite a few bloodstains on Curtin's clothes. So here we have some bloodstains. Right, right. Now, the two got into a fight about it, so Peter figured he'd better actually hide this body, lest it be discovered and his wife would make the connection between the bloodstains and the murder of Maria Hahn. Because she's starts blaming me for death, the next thing I know, I don't get my tuna fish casserole on Fridays. <laughs> and that's not good. So this is the first time that she, is this the first time that she suspects that he is doing something nefarious when yeah, he leaves? I guess so. Well, this is the first time that there's actually evidence, okay. that he's like, come home and, and she's seen like, there's bloodstains on your clothes, what have you been doing and And he'd been out all night long too it must be a lot of blood right it's a fair amount of blood yeah yeah. so once again after work Curtin went home grabbed a shovel and headed back out to the crime scene where he picked up maria's body took it to a fallow cornfield and buried her in a deep grave relishing the act the entire time Hmm. it's kind of like when you go like down the different block when you want to go to the grocery store and you get the, the nice cup of coffee from the new hipster coffee shop, and you're uh-huh. like, why don't I do this all the time? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, it's totally different. Uh, this involves because a homicide. If I your, did... your analogy involves coffee, and this is a murder. Because if my analogies did involve me talking openly about the several murders of women that I would have had to have done to know the distinct pleasures of doing this, then I would be incriminating myself, wouldn't I, Benjamin Kissel? (laughs) That's a good point. Keep talking about coffee. (laughs) But Curtin wasn't done yet. A few weeks later, he said he returned to Maria's grave and dug up the body with the intention of nailing it to a tree Jeez. in a mock's crucifixion. But the body was too heavy, so he just reburied it. But the thing was, he could not let his work go unnoticed. If nobody found the desecrated body, then in his mind, the job was only half finished, and there was ultimately no point. It's like, it, in Peter's mind, it's like it never happened. Okay. Yeah. 
It's very interesting. Yeah. So in November, he sent letters that gave the exact location of the body to several newspapers, making sure to tell them that the perpetrator of this crime was indeed the vampire of Dusseldorf. And in that letter, he gave them the exact location of Maria Hahn's body. Hmm. This is the one. I wish I could have found the actual copy of the letter. Couldn't I couldn't find it. Yeah. I couldn't find it. I don't know if it's because they don't have the same obsession with serial killers, except now we know. That. But I feel like at the time, nowadays, we blow it up into like a media frenzy or in the 70s and shit during the serial killer heyday of the United States of America. I don't know. Remember what we were saying uh, last I know. episode? Yeah. They love true crime, but I wonder... But. That was after the facts of the crime. I wonder if at the time the newspapers did not want to blow it up as much. I know they were trying to keep a lid on as much mm. information as they could. They actually, it seems like in Germany at the time, they were better at it than we ever were. Yeah. Well, there was a little World War Two. And it was quite a lot. Maybe it got exploded. Yeah, it could have gotten exploded. I mean, everything sort of got destroyed. So maybe that was one of them. I don't know. Actually, you make a very good point there. Quite a, quite a few records of, uh, you know, Germany were destroyed in that time, and it could also have been, you know, destroyed by the Nazis, who were doing their best to erase the past of Germany as much right. as they possibly could. But that's not to say that Peter Curtin wasn't still killing in the meantime between the murder in August and him sending the letter in November. Hmm. In fact, as I said earlier, the Maria Hahn murder kicked off what was to be the most vicious and prolific spree of Peter Curtin's life. Hmm. Later on, in the same week that he killed Maria Hahn, Peter Curtin approached 26-year-old Gertrude Schilte as she was on her way to meet up with a few friends for an afternoon lark. I am not maligning whatsoever, but it's it, it's always interesting when you remember Gertrude's were young once. Yeah. When we yes. think of the name Gertrude, yes. it's just yeah. such an older name. When twenty six year old Gertrude, you never even think about that. Oh, no, when I was a kid, uh, Gertrude was the name of the old witch that my grandfather said lived in the abandoned house uh, oh. far into the ranch. Meanwhile, you know, back in the day when Gertrude had that snapper out there, and she was letting her <laughs> when she was hanging him high and all that stuff. Back in the day, Gertrude was hot. Yeah, I'm I feel sure. like it's, it's how it always is, mm-hmm. and now course. it's coming back around. Everybody's named Mildred and Berthel and stuff like yeah, that. It, and now we're going to have 80-year-old Nicolettes and Allison. <laughs> yes, exactly. yeah, you just, you for, just, I just can't wait until nursing homes are filled with Stephanie's and Ashley's. Yes. Oh, <laughs> that's fine. I will name my kid Herbert. Herb, I like that name. It's my grandfather's name. Oh, Herbert's oh. A, Herb is a real good name. Yeah. Herb, Herb Kessel. Herb Kessel. Yeah, mine's, I know he's a good farmhand. Mine's going to be... Skeletons. <laughs> you're you're going to name your kids skeletons? Yeah, multiple skeletons. Do you think skeletons. that's going to be good for them going through life being named skeletons? They better start working hard in order to get over what has already been done to them. That's the, that is the premise of a boy named Sue. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So after Lemuel Murphy ate the mouse, he started attacking everyone else, biting on their arms and just yelling one thing over and over and over again. Give me my bone! <laughs> Give me my bone! Just biting on her saying, Give me my bone! Give me my bone! Give me my bone! <laughs> yeah. When did he turn into a shaggy dog? <laughs> he died at 2 a.m. Oh. and his body was rolled out of the circle into the snow. There were now three bodies laying in the forlorn hopes camp. And that's when the cannibalism started. Yay! He did Whoa. it! He did it! <laughs> he 
That's when the cannibalism started. I said it. I said the thing. I said the thing. He said the line. And that's when the cannibalism started. I said the line. I did what you wanted me to do. That's from the intro of the show. I know. I know it is. I did the thing. Rise they wanted from your me grave. <laughs> and that's when the cannibals started. Cannibalism oh, started. Yeah, I remember these. Cool. I love it. Awesome. So the morning after Murphy's death, it was decided there was no other choice, so they began butchering the three bodies that lay frozen in their camp. Okay. So they did have to choose. So they had to organize who was going to get who. Okay. Because no one wanted to eat a member of their own family. Jeez. First, they removed the heads, hands, and feet of the cadavers, which is common among cannibals as it helps to dehumanize the meat. Mm. They seem pretty good at it, like right off the bat. Well, I mean, yeah. it's almost like, a, again, like a primordial type of urge, okay. like because you're looking at it and you're thinking like, I can't eat a person, so right. I've got to make this look less like a person. That's why I don't like going to pig roast where the pig is actually on a spit because it's it's horrifying. Yeah, yeah. It makes you feel weird. Yeah. No, not me, man. It's the opposite. I, I like know. seeing the face. I, I like know. I know. I don't understand. That's what a real, that's a non-hypocrite's way of looking I, at me. I, I, I like seeing the feet. I actually will agree. I am a hypocrite when it comes to that. They then opened the torso and brought out the liver, heart, and kidneys. Ooh. And those that's and of course like that's the most likely thing to do because that's the most nutritious meat by this point okay. because their muscles are all gone. Right. Mm. Three of the survivors were either the sibling or spouse of each of the deceased, so the party divided into three groups so no one would accidentally eat the flesh of their kin. Ooh. They found some dry firewood, and the meat was roasted on sharpened steaks. What they said, too, is that, again, their hunger pains had sort of left. Right. And so, for a while, this was like, they were doing this rote butchering, and it felt like butchering an animal, so it was a little bit more like, oh, okay, we can do this, it was fine, but it was slow going. But they said when the smell of the cooking meat hit their noses... They became ravenous with hunger because, oh. I mean, it just smells like fucking beef, sweet, delicious pork, beautiful pork meat. Yeah. Interesting. The only ones who didn't partake in the meat were Lewis and Salvador because really? they looked at this whole thing like this is an abomination of the highest order. Right. Yeah. Right. So the forlorn hope sat in the snow and ate all of them avoiding eye contact and weeping at what they had to do to survive. Wow. Now, it is true that they would have probably survived a couple more weeks without the human flesh before they starved to death. But before we judge, it is almost assured they would not have had the energy to continue. They just would have sat around that fire mm -hmm. trying to find dry firewood until they just starved to death. Well, this is a small exaggeration, but not that much of an exaggeration. When I was 380 pounds, I did sit in a Ponderosa booth after about my fifth plate, and I did begin to cry. Uh, it, because it got quite sad. That was it's one a of little those, different. Uh, yeah, it was one of those aha moments, mm -hmm. and then I realized I couldn't tie my shoes. <laughs> and that's another moment I realized I had to lose This is like weight. the opposite. This is the complete opposite of the Donner part. Yes, Eating while fat is actually sad. Well, obese is actually sadder than uh, I don't know, know if that's true. But I, I've eaten some sad times. <laughs> so after the butchering, they got a little bit of luck. The snow stopped and the temperature dropped, meaning the snow was easier to walk on. Okay. So they cut long strips of flesh from the deceased and dried them over a fire for the further journey. Mm. 
In the end, only four days worth of meat could be harvested from the starved bodies, and still there were weeks left to go. Jeez. That is kind of what they have brought up in the book that was interesting. It was like the way he said it, the way Brown said it, it was almost a little suspicious. Where he's like, if you really look at the stats of Franklin Graves, you'd expect a yield of 66 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I remember that passage and I remember thinking, like, I really respect this guy for doing the math. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I guess- really, he called somebody up, he asked him what, the, what, how much meat it would yield. I, I respected it. Yeah. So, um, Maybe they weren't very good at getting the meat off the bones. No. Uh, it, well, okay, think of it this way. Uh, like, compare it to the uh, Uruguayan uh, rugby team that crashed in the Andes in the 70s. Yes, Alive and all of that. Those guys were all athletes. They were a rugby team. Right. So there was quite a bit of very good meat left on those guys. So they were able to get some choice cuts, not to be mm. too indelicate. Right. Uh, but they were able to get some pretty choice cuts of meat from these guys. Uh, the Donner Party, by the time they had uh, by the time they had started to butcher, you know, Franklin Graves and such, and the other two, mm-hmm. um, there was very little meat left on their bones. So you think that organized sports would have really helped? Out? <laughs> yeah, actually, well, yeah, because <laughs> they had a little bit more muscle. But it's also the proper the proper diets. They had been walking for two thousand miles. They had gump bodies. They had that like the long muscles of walking for a long time and they've not been eating a lot of fat. So that without fat in the meat, you can't properly process the nutrients in the meat. So it's very, very dry. Now after the meat ran out, the only thing they had left to eat were their shoes. So they roasted their shoes and then moved on totally barefoot. And what's more, a lot of them barely had any clothes on their back at all because the clothes had started to mm. rot from all the wetness. And they were walking through these tree branches constantly, and the branches, because the clothes were rotted, they just ripped more and more and more. Top, I mean, they were half naked walking through like the Sierra Nevadas in the teens. That's crazy. A few days after eating their shoes, the hunger once again became too much. That's when the first mention of outright murder came. William Foster was the one who suggested that the group kill and eat Lewis and Salvador. Let's kill those guys. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Which is just that that inner, like, plotting of people pulling each other to the side, being like, you see him over there? Look at that? All right. Imagine him in a taco. Just listen. (laughs) Listen. I know I'm being crazy. I'm being crazy. But imagine him on a salad. All right, there was everyone. Hope you enjoyed this best of episode. I gotta say, when you put it all together, it seems like people only eat other people. Well, again, <laughs> it's it's really just about how hungry you are. Yeah. Are you um? Were you just a little cat in a bag? But and you, you know, just want to see what's at the bottom of that bag. Donner party. <laughs> I don't consider them cannibals as much as I do Dahmer, because like you were talking about up top Dahmer probably was like I'm a little too full but he finished off the brain or whatever well because yeah. it's like gonna the Donner spoil party, they really they really did need it so they get a bit more of a pass sure they ain't down to the bone well they're very hungry <laughs> yeah. they're very, very they were hungry. very well they had yeah, they're gnawing on bones yeah yeah Jeffrey very. Dahmer was like he was vacationing in the world of cannibalism where the Donner yes. party they were like forced to get like a full-time job in cannibalism yes absolutely <laughs> Well, all right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, yeah, well, just thanks so much for another wonderful, uh, well, 
I mean, it's been a wonderful year in many ways. We have to count our blessings mm-hmm. at this time. It's been a challenging year. It's been an interesting year, which is an yeah. um, unfortunate word. But I will say it's nice that we are not being consumed by humans right now. But do you remember Unless how we you talked are about- and you're listening to it right now, in which case you're like, can't relate. <laughs> can't relate to this show anymore. But it's like the Donner Party again. Do you remember how often they tried to say when we were researching it, where they kept saying like, everybody says the only interesting part of this story is the cannibalism. And it's like, you're right. Well, no, very the buggies and the wheels. But it was wagon wish, manifest where it works yes. extraordinarily interesting. And I know I'm that you it was Mark is to cut all the shovel talk, and I could have <laughs> gone for some more shovel talk. <laughs> I am just saying that the quarter of cannibalism and that is the real cayenne of it's the dry rub. It's the That's pepper, true. but it ain't the main course. That's right. Mm. That's right. Mm. Honestly, the I'm main starving. course is the struggles of the settlers, Henry. I know. I, I have already I've I'm I'm permanently frowning. <laughs> I think about them every day. Thank, well, I'm I'm going to go fucking watch Ken Burns the West and, oh, and cleanse my palate and revisit. Well, I love it. All right, y'all. Hang in there. Keep on doing the best you can and never forget hail yourself. Hail Satan. Hail game. My constellations, everybody. Hail me. Eat some turkey for me, you bitch. Eat some tofurkey. Eat some turkey. Eat whatever you want. And you know what? What I have learned is... Have, if, even if you're on a diet, have fun on Thanksgiving and eat whatever you want. And then the next day, it's a holiday. There's no calories. There's no calories. <laughs> so then you won't feel like you missed out. And then you won't eat so much the next day. Hmm. Yeah. A lesson. <laughs> okay. Thanks. A lesson. That is a lesson. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work, tasks are taking forever to complete, and getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers. 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. Get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. With NetSuite, it's everything you need to grow, all in one place. Get your business back to the greatness where it belongs. Learn more at netsuite.com slash podcast 25.